She's a former public school teacher turned stay-at-home mom who watched her kids and community decline during COVID school closures. She knew she had to speak up. No, no, no. We are the parents. You are not. You are assisting us in the education of our kids, but we are the parents. He's a talk show host who's made a career covering politics from afar until the toxic politics of his kids' schools became too great to ignore at home. Who gets to say? Who says? What is a proper education for a child? Who gets to say that? Now, Christine Stegall and her husband Chris have chosen a new path forward for their child in Christian education. Join them as they explore and experience this important alternative in education for the first time. Welcome to Making the Leap. Welcome back. Thanks so much for joining us today on Making the Leap. Great reviews coming in. We thank you so much for the five-star reviews and the uh, written reviews. We got uh, a couple here. Chris and Christine speak the words for my husband and I uh, that we've been sharing for years. It's refreshing to hear it come from others. So validating. Wish we Hmm. would have moved our kids to a Christian education and would absolutely do things differently if we had it to do all over again. Thankful for the insight of this couple and for their voice on behalf of so many of us. That's from Walker, party of six. Somebody that calls themselves, I like animals, <laughs> says, we have such a similar story. After homeschooling wasn't possible anymore, we had a very disturbing few years in public schools. Now off to private Christian for the youngest uh, for high school. This podcast wow. has been very helpful. Uh, Thomas says, my husband and I grew up in the public school, and my mom was a public school teacher, too. We've been involved in kingdom education for 18 years with our kids. We'd never mm-hmm. go back um, and do it differently. Thank you for bringing truth and light to this controversial issue. That's just some, so hope you'll keep those um, coming. We appreciate you sharing them. You got some messages too? I did. I had a message from um, a gentleman named Matt out of uh, the Kansas City area, and he wrote or wrote into me, and he said, I can't remember what episode was, but I think it was maybe the second, but everything you all were saying had me thinking, yes, that's exactly why we moved our kids. I hate that we had to do it for a lot of reasons, Um I'm a, you know, I was a little bit hesitant, but I also really wanted to keep my kids in the same school where we were living, but for obvious reasons, it just wasn't going to happen. And I just, you know, that's, I wrote back just saying, you know, you, we really, at this point, we just have to remember to just be advocates first as, as tough as it is, because we have this picture of what we want school to look like and what we want our kids' education to look like. And sometimes there's a different plan. And I was really glad when he, you know, and I'm glad we're speaking what's speaking to people in a way that is reaching what's yeah, on their it, hearts. It's just, uh, it's so hard to explain that once you've, and I, this can be kind of the thrust of our conversation today, in concept, Christian school was just not something I ever considered. It just never, ever dawned on me. I thought of it purely as an expense. Right. And I thought, yes. well, that's an expense that we just don't need to make. Right. Was right. always the way I looked at it, well, like a I transaction. We kind of like buying least, a boat, right? And I always kind of thought, well, this is good enough. They're yeah. they're okay where they're at. This is good enough. We will take care of what we need to, uh, you know. But the more they were coming home, and the more I was thinking, how am I going to undo what was just done? Yep. Though, when that phrase kept running through my head, weekly, monthly, weekly, and then sometimes daily, I think we just, we had our answer. So that's what uh, Daryl Jones, who runs the Herzog Foundation, he's the head of it, is um, here to discuss today. And I'm looking forward to having him 
And I, I really think at this point we have, I think we're in maybe our eighth episode. I, it's hard to always keep those straight, but I Yeah, think we'll stop we've, counting yeah. after a while. <laughs> no, right. <clears throat> I think after, you know, we've talked a little bit about our journey. You talked about a little bit about what brought us here, but then bringing it all together, how you and I are able to be here and, and who we're partnering with. So we really thought it was important today to bring him in and talk a little bit about Herzog, the background, what their approach is and what they are doing for this community of Christian education and Christian educators and Christian schools. We've had the pleasure of getting to know this gentleman uh, well since we uh, started this podcast and our friends and sponsors at the Herzog Foundation uh, got behind this effort of launching a podcast. And uh, one of the first people that I met with uh, Team Herzog, if you will, is uh, the gentleman who is the president of the uh, the board and the foundation, the Herzog Foundation. His name is Daryl Jones, also a pastor by trade, and uh, we are. And he has his own podcast. He led his own church, and uh, the Lord led him to uh, to chair, or well, I guess uh, run, if you if you want, uh, head the the Herzog Foundation. And Daryl Jones joins us this morning. I'm so glad to have you on the show, Pastor. Welcome aboard. What a great privilege to be here with you. You all are just doing such a great job articulating not simply the reasoning, but the emotion behind making the leap. And so it's a privilege to to be with you as a, as a part of the podcast today. You are sort of the, uh, I think you co- sort of, this is the coalescence, if you will, of our story for, for uh, all that we kind of went through in getting to this place where we wanted to entertain putting our own child in Christian education. It was such a moment, a God moment for us when we finally uh, connected with the Herzog Foundation. I just through professional and personal relationships know some people affiliated with the foundation, but I didn't really fully understand what it was or what Mr. Herzog was involved in. And so when we were kind of taking this journey and then I reconnected with some friends and met you, I thought, holy cow. I mean, it just... It's remarkable how God has worked just selfishly, personally, I'll say, for us as a family. So thank you for that. Well, it's terrific. And really what you're experiencing is really, I mean, I'm finding it's happening all over the country. And, you know, what the Stigall family is experiencing, there are literally families in droves across the country that are making a mass exodus from, you know, what, what Mr. Herzog would call the government schools. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and in the process, all of the emotion and all of the concern and the fear and, and then the finding as they, as they make the leap and as they step into this new arena that there really is a solid foundation. So uh, it's, it's, I've, I've enjoyed listening to, you know, all of your podcasts and, and all of your experiences, and it really reiterates with what I'm hearing. Well, I know Christine, Christine has a lot of questions for you, and so I don't want to hog a bunch of the time here, but I, I do want <laughs> sure. to ask just kind of broadly, conceptually. Um, sure. You've led a church for a long time, um, and, and you, you know Mr. Herzog, who had a real passion for this too. When did it kind of come together in a way that uh, became a bigger vision than just something we talked about? I mean, I I, I knew Mr. Herzog uh, more, I think, politically than I did about mm-hmm. th- this sure. this field at all. I didn't sure. know you until the foundation. Sure. Sure. When did this become a serious venture? Because I, I will be honest, as just a guy and a parent, mm-hmm. I didn't mm-hmm. consider Christian education for a long time, and it always seemed, and I don't mean this as a pejorative, I just mean mm-hmm. it as, it was sort of an outlier to me, it was a foreign concept to me. Right. It doesn't feel foreign to me anymore, and it feels like the Herzog Foundation has sort of been the foot on the gas pedal to make it less foreign to people like me, if that makes sense. It, it does make sense, and really it's just the timing of our culture. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, my wife and I both graduated from public schools. Our grand, I mean, our, our daughters, we have three daughters. They're all grown and college degreed and married to wonderful men and producing amazingly beautiful and intelligent offspring. <laughs> it's amazing the way that works. It's in the genes. While all, yeah. yeah, that's right. Well, I, thank God for, you know, my wife. But <laughs> yeah. But here's the thing. None of my daughters or my family attended Christian school. From the time of the birth of my first granddaughter seven years ago, I prayed that every one of my grandchildren would go to Christian school because it's a different day. Interesting. Uh, the school, you know, the school that I graduated from, my wife graduated from. In fact, our daughters graduated from the same high school that 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 Tammy and I graduated from. Which, by the way, if you were me, I wouldn't recommend that. But that's another <laughs> that's another podcast. That's another topic for another time. That school still stands. But it's not the same school. Right. 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 It's a different day. And I think it's it's the result of all of that. But again, just in the providence of God that, you know, the Herzog Foundation arose at this time in American history is certainly more than coincidental. Uh, I really do believe it's a God thing. I really do that it's divine. But all of these resources you know, God provides. We can we can trust Him. We can count on Him. He does provide it, even through the foundation. I feel like while I'm out of, you know, congregational pastoring, I really feel like I'm still a part of God's mission and what God's doing across the country with just a, a bigger platform now to help walk with families and help Christian schools do what they do uh, and, and yet to be stronger in the process. Well, as you talk about the platform that you have and doing, you know, when you say doing what Herzog is doing, I'm wondering if you can share is what what we're thinking is good for parents to learn and teachers as well. I think as there are a lot of teachers that we're seeing coming mm-hmm. from the public sector into the Christian sure. school sector as well. I'm wondering if you would just speak a little bit to what Herzog as a foundation is doing. I know it's, I, mm-hmm. I kind of look at it as a three prong. I, I look at when I look on your website, for example, mm-hmm. I see parent resources, I see school resources, I see ways mm-hmm. that educators can use it as a resource. And so I'm wondering right. if you can speak a little bit more specifically to how, how Herzog is doing that. Very good. Can I give you a broader answer? Can I can I can I start earlier sure. than that and say <laughs> I, w- I was the first hire on January one of twenty twenty one, where I left thirty five years of pastoring and stepped into this arena of Christian education. Wow. And uh, the first commission from the board was for me to go pursue the land and survey the land and find out what are the needs and the issues within Christian schools, and if we want to help. Uh, throttle up and fuel a nationwide movement for the advancement of Christian education. What are the issues? What are the needs where there aren't enough resources that that the Herzog Foundation could realistically step in and, and, and make a difference? Move the needle, not just spend the money, but move the needle in advancing Christian education. And what we found was that there is a cultural issue where where oftentimes Christian families, just like what you what you articulated, Chris, feel like, well, you know, there are, there's a public school system. I graduated from the public system. I mm-hmm. turned out okay. <laughs> What's the big deal, yeah. right? Yep. And so what, what, what we found was that in this culture, families are just not aware of how different the public school system is 
from what they experienced as, as children, as kids growing up in the system. And so the whole issue of the lion, readlion.com, is focused on highlighting the best in Christian education while also recognizing and calling out the absurdity in our in American culture that's very much a part of of the system, but a part of the uh, the public education system as well. So it's really trying to influence culture by just shedding light. You know, if you think that Christian education is a glorified Sunday school or a glorified vacation Bible Bible school, it's really good education, solid, sound education that embraces and doesn't treat hostily the Christian faith. So Christian education is a, is a great thing that, that oftentimes even Christian families are just not aware. And so trying to shed light on that is one area where f- we feel like as a foundation, we can leverage resources let me just add to, help, to, to help do that. Yeah, let me add to that question she had before she moves on to the next one, if I may, mm-hmm. Daryl, because I, I, sure. what, what did you find when you had to survey the landscape? What would you say is the state or was the state of Christian education today? Uh, is it... Um, still foreign to a lot of people is it less foreign than it used to be has it been to to me now this is just again i could personalize this and i think i might not be accurate because i'm too close to it but sure my sense of it is in my world and our experience we went from not knowing anything about it to oh well of course that's the only way and we should have done it that way all along (laughs) yeah you know but that's i still i'm well aware that a lot of our peers probably still think it foreign so what what's the realistic picture of it in your view well you're you're exactly right i mean it it is both of those things i mean you know you you buy a new car and you see that car everywhere on the road yeah you didn't notice it (laughs) that's true you bought it that's right right and it's it is certainly that, but you know, obviously, I mean, with uh, with 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 government policies, with national policies, policies, education policies, even local school boards, Christian families are being more and more aware that the battle is not just somewhere else; it's right here in our own community. And I think because of that, there is more of an interest in looking at what options really are there, what really is available, what's out there. There's got to be something better. And, uh, and so there is becoming more and more of an awareness. Obviously, uh, you know, we've discussed it before. COVID did as much for parents to begin seeing what was taking place in the classroom as the classroom came home and, and parents were hearing, what are they telling you? What is this? And having these eye-opening uh, awareness that this is not what I remember from 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 my educational process was COVID. I'm sorry. I know. I'm sorry. This. I really will shut up, Christine. I'm sorry. Uh, just, you you said COVID, and because I don't want to spend a ton of time on it. But was right. has COVID? Is that what it is? Because I've made this a theme on the show already once. COVID for us altered our lives forever. It feels like it poured kerosene on sort of a smoldering ember, and yeah. now it's a raging fire. I, I just yeah. feel like COVID changed the whole dynamic. Did it do that for the country? Did it do, do that for the Herzog Foundation? Uh, it did. It absolutely did. It, it, on, on, on one hand, it began, to, it began to make more clear to families when the classroom you know, became the online thing. And parents were able to see and hear what's taking place in the in the classroom. They were shocked at how much they had not been informed of the mm-hmm. changes in curriculum and things that were being taught. And I, I think you know, I think in in Virginia, that became as a parent 
as anywhere right. of you know of parents that were just irate at what has happened this doesn't represent me or my values at all um and 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 so covid i think created an environment where where more came to light where parents were enlightened as to what was taking place in in classroom buildings across the country and had been uh, for the last several years certainly uh, uh, more more agenda driven uh, than uh, than education driven well and partly i think too in addition to just agenda being agenda driven which i absolutely agree with you mm-hmm. i think that's also when parents started to realize i mean for us for example just the issues surrounding COVID itself, taking away all the curriculum pieces and figuring out, well, the only way we can go address um, any of these issues really is to take it to our school board and then finding out, well, to get to our school board meeting, we are allotted five minutes. It's at the beginning of this meeting or at the end of this Mm -hmm. meeting. They're Mm -hmm. virtual. We can't get in in person and it kind of all snowballed. And so I, I think it all kind of came together. And then from there, starting to see, well, not only do we just want our kids back in the building? I, yes, I want them back in the building, but I want them back with a quality education that's not <laughs> mired yes. down by all these other topics that have nothing yes. to do with reading, writing, math, science. That's exactly yeah, that's exactly right. That there was this new environment where parents were seeing what was happening in the classroom, while at the same time recognizing my kids not this is not good education my my mm-hmm. children are not learning in this kind of an environment right uh and and you know that became it was just you know covid provided created this national environment mm-hmm. that began to shed light on you know on what was you know what what has become of public education you know what else it did pastor it brought to a head this combativeness i think and i Mm -hmm. i I mean there was always a tension Mm -hmm. this felt outright north versus south mason dixon line ours versus us versus them you butt out who do you think you are absolutely teachers and parents in a way i'd never seen culturally in our nation's mm-hmm. history oh yeah maybe I'm, it's true yeah no okay. you're you're exactly right i mean i was watching it you know from the from the 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 viewpoint of of the pastor of the church sure you know who's just seeing all of these issues and and even even seeing over the course of you know the last 10 years for right. example i would always you know at the start of every school year you would have public teachers public education teachers that would say you know pray for us our hands are tied but Which even you know even in recent yeah but even in recent years seeing where teachers are saying i'm now involved in this this civil war personally where mm-hmm. what i'm being called to do is in contrast to my faith and I just can't do it. And Christine, you referenced mm-hmm. the exodus of public educators that are leaving, you know, that are right. leaving public education because I, you're asking me to do what I just can't in good faith do. And it's a hard uh, place to be new. in. That's a really hard place to be. And I think as that's something else that I think parents, I, I think parents are getting a little bit pressured on as they look for other choices, because there is a group of parents who are saying, if you leave, if you, if you all start pulling your kids out and going, there's nobody yeah. left to fight for us. Right. And at the same time, right. I, I can't, I mean, right. that's the whole crux of a lot of this. I can't be responsible right. for 
everybody right. else's families and children. I need to right. look at my own. And so I, I my right. heart breaks for the teachers, for the parents that yeah. are staying, that are fighting, but I, yeah. I don't want to fight. <laughs> yeah, I want, no, you know, exactly I right. don't want to fight anymore. I want to yeah. advocate in a way that is constructive. Absolutely. And, and, and take all of that effort and all of that strength and redirect it in a way that is right. positive and, and does yes. good. Yes. Uh, I, I agree. I well, agree. And, and then speaking of good, so Herzog as a foundation, will you talk a little bit about how you are Absolutely. supporting schools themselves, what well, you are doing? Oh my doing? gosh, yes. Absolutely. So I would say one part of the mission is is trying to influence culture and mm-hmm. begin to shed light for parents, and, and we do that through readlion.com. A second focus is for us to look at all the Christian schools in the country and how can we help make them stronger. What we found was, uh, through, this, through all of the wonderful conversations that I had, you know, spent six months you know, gallivanting across the country and talking to high-level educators and accrediting agencies and just hearing reoccurring stories. It's almost like every Christian school, like so many independent congregations, just popped up Mm-hmm. Because there was a there was a group of local people who were committed to it and said we're going to do it and they did it, but as a result there is so much certainly within uh, independent Christian schools as with churches where there's really not a network mm-hmm. where where even a sharing of best practices right. really can't happen because every school is its own silo on its own, you know, deserted island, if you will. Okay. There, there's, there's not a lot of networking. And so one of the things that we felt like we could do is help to, help to formulate networks while working with, ideally while working with accrediting agencies. Herzog Foundation doesn't envision being a, an accrediting agency. But with 60% of the Christian schools in the country being 150 students or less, mm-hmm. Those schools don't have the financial resources, even for quality professional development. And so while there are different conferences that will help schools in different areas, they are oftentimes priced at a point that's beyond the reach of, you know, 60% of the schools. So we felt like if we could, if we could, you know, get some coaching from, from uh, great heads of schools across the country who would coach us on where did you, when you stepped into the central office and became the head of school Mm -hmm. with all of the operation and business responsibilities, where did you feel that, you know, you didn't have the understanding, the training, what, what would have been helpful? And we identified six different areas where the average head of school feels really underqualified, could use some professional development. And so we have put together our leadership series where what we say is, you get to our conference and we're not going to pay you mileage. We're not going to buy your plane ticket. You have to be, <laughs> you have to be invested in this. Sure. You get to our conference but we'll bring in the speakers on our dime. We'll put you up in a hotel on our dime and we'll feed you on our dime. All of the sudden, schools that didn't have access to professional development had access. And we've had, we've had waiting lists every conference that we've done. And amazingly, we've just had some great uh, ministry partners that have risen from across the country who've said, we love what you're doing. Would you be willing to have a conference in our facility? So, wow. you know, we're talking, we're talking about the ARC 
uh, out oh in Kentucky. Gosh. You know, ah. the <laughs> Hillsdale College has campuses across the country. Right. We're going to the Reagan Library oh, wow. uh, next month. You need a podcast and- accompaniment? <laughs> I'll bet we do. I'll bet we do. And, and we're, we're, so we're hosting these conferences in amazing places, uh, certainly until we get our own facility built. Uh, and, uh, and, and then this, you know, what we're building in Smithville, Missouri, is actually a training center. In addition to housing some studios and and our offices, it's really it's really designed to be a training center where educators will come to the middle of America, and uh, hopefully they leave here stronger than when they came. So, so Daryl, is is would you say the Herzog Foundation itself? Uh, because when people ask me what is it, what it's what's it about, mm-hmm. the, the focus is primarily on training up and supporting the existing schools, um, mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. maybe not not so much individual parents who are looking at schools, but, right. but rather helping those schools grow and that's, flourish. That's, exa- that's exactly correct. When you're looking at how do you leverage the money, okay, so mm-hmm. obviously we're talking about hundreds of millions of dollars, which to you and me is like, wow, right. that's incredible. But honestly, we don't have hundreds of billions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, looking at realistically, how can every dollar that the Herzog Foundation spends be leveraged in a way that every Christian school in the country could benefit from it. Mm-hmm. And so it really is that kind of stewardship that the board has been laser focused on how can we do things that that influence the whole of, of the Christian school movement. And so these conferences, we believe, are, are ways where literally every Christian school in the country could benefit from these conferences. And so even when we get into the new facility, I mean, honestly, um, we're, we're, we're slated in 2023, the start of the year, that every week we will hold a conference, a boot camp, a training wow. for schools to help strengthen schools. But once a month, we'll take those on the road because we've forged these wonderful partnerships. Really, the Lord has just brought together these great partners that we're able to work with and and honestly make the travel for schools that much shorter, you know, depending on what region of the country that we're in. Which so is, that's you I know so this so the second piece is making existing Christian schools stronger. Mm-hmm. And then I would say the third prong is looking at and how can we create more Christian schools mm-hmm. Because honestly, there are not enough seats presently in Christian schools for the demand. Virtually every strong Christian school in the country has a waiting list uh, when they've never had waiting lists before. And this is key, though. Strong established Christian schools versus some of the schools that we've already featured on this show, Pastor. Uh, Mm -hmm. People, parents, or individuals who have come together Mm -hmm. two or three at a time and said, let's Mm -hmm. start one in our community. Mm -hmm. Right. That's a much more challenging thing. And to get people to buy into your vision for a Christian Mm -hmm. school when you're brand new and we're talking about maybe two, three, ten tops kids to start a school, that can really intimidate a lot of people. I mean, you got to have some deep faith Mm -hmm. in those early days. Yeah, deep faith and certainly, you know, the right partners, the right people sitting around the table. Uh, that, you know, that can bring in a component. But you know what is interesting to me, though, is that in 2022, there really are entrepreneurial minds that are, you know, spirit-led and God-driven that really are finding new ways to do what, you know, what 
what they sense God's called them to do. And so whether that's a, you know, a micro school at the end of a cul-de-sac, mm-hmm. uh, whether, you know, the, 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 uh, even home, the homeschool movement right. has grown exponentially, but, you know, we're finding more and more churches that are willing to say, you know what, we've got this Sunday school space that's not being utilized. Why don't we make it available even for a K through, you know, fifth grade, sixth grade, uh, school and we're gonna we're gonna make it happen and I could tell you amazing stories about about different church schools that have just popped up within the last three years all across the country that are that are amazingly financially affordable for families you take the cost of a building out of tuition that's that's a huge piece right and uh, you know as churches begin seeing ministry you know one of my one of my favorite stories is the, the birth of the Sunday school movement actually happened at a time in Europe where there were no child labor laws. And it was the church that began saying, oh, my gosh, these children in our neighborhood can't read or write. Mm. And this is not acceptable. We will bring them into our building the one day a week that they don't work. We'll teach them to read and we'll teach them to write. And the Bible will be our textbook. And that was the birth and the origin of Sunday school. Mm. Wow. Where the church was looking at its neighbors and saying, this is not acceptable. And what's interesting to me is seeing the number of churches and the number of pastors that are looking at public education and saying, this is not acceptable. And they're, and it's almost, you know, just this. Uh, That's relatively new, though, isn't it, Pastor? I mean, if I may, because I've actually yeah. heard I've heard some people say that they're actually surprised at in the in the past. Mm-hmm. church's reluctance for whatever reason to right. make a partnership right. this way that's that seems to be changing slowly uh um, yeah. what was the re- was there a reluctance was that real a reluctance and if so why and what's changing oh yeah i think i think it was real but but it was a different culture right yeah, i mean right. so as a yeah. kid you know mm-hmm. so as a kid who grew up you know in 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 high school and and graduated in the early 80s american culture was different in the in the early 80s yep. sure Public education was different in the early 80s. I, I was in rural, I was in a rural school. We had guns in school. We would bring our guns in school. They would be in the back, they would be in the back, back window of our yeah. pickup. <laughs> right. And the principal would typically come out and say, hey, let me see that thing. What, right. uh, what uh, you know, I mean, it was a different day. It was just a different yep. day. Yep. And uh, and it's, it's the change in culture where, as I suspected, there really are clergy that are saying, what do we do? Where do we start? And, you know, Gary Hamrick out in Loudoun County, great church, uh, decided the last six months we're going to, we're going to buy an old school building uh, that, that the government system has abandoned. We're going to buy that school building and seat 500, and we're going to start a Christian school. He wow. told his congregation by the end of the month, the, the school building will, will seat 500 students. By the end of the month, the congregation, they had 2,700 pre-enrolled students oh and 300 gosh. teachers from across the country applying for a position. That gives me goosebumps. I mean, that- isn't that incredible? <laughs> yes, I, lo- I love it. One, this is just one story. Right. And you've all oh, happening. Yes. Oh, my gosh. It's happening all over where pastors are saying, hey, here's what we can do. We've got this building that, you know, these rooms are, are dormant all but a couple of hours a week. And what if 
and uh, it's it's really been amazing. So so certainly trying to fuel them, trying to give them a template, a blueprint for well, okay, well then how do I start a school in my building? How do I do that? Mm-hmm. And so that's a whole other initiative. That would be like what I would say would be the third prong of the of the mission right now for the foundation is how can we start more Christian schools that are financially sustainable but provide good Christian and good education. Um, and let's, let's make Christian education a movement across the country. So when you say Christian education, one of the terms that was new to us as we started this that we've talked about before was, um, or is kingdom education. Absolutely, and I, and right. I bring that up because you know, for me, when we first started looking, we thought, well, we're just, we're going to look for a Christian school. We're going to look for a Christian school. And then as I looked, I realized that a lot, or I shouldn't say a lot, several weren't all that different from the public school. And so when, you know, so really what we're talking about is that kingdom education, that partnership with parents, school, and church mm-hmm. together. Yeah. And does the Herzog Foundation delineate that way? Is that right. a priority, that, that notion of kingdom education versus something else, whatever that may be? We've talked in you previous bet. shows about Christian school being stamped on the front door does not mean what's going on in no, that building right. is equal all the time. That's, exa- that's exactly right. And I think kingdom education, Dr. Glenn Schultz is the guy mm-hmm. who actually made that a, such, a, uh, such a remarkable uh, definition uh, a universal definition that it's really about educating with the premise and the foundation of the kingdom of God. Interestingly, after being commissioned by the board to go talk to whomever, the very first appointment that I had was with Dr. Glenn Schultz in Charleston, South Carolina. And mm-hmm. listen to this. This is an, an, an interesting tidbit. So I sent him an email. Dr. Schultz, you don't know who I am. I'm with a foundation that you've never heard of, and we're focused on strengthening Christian education across the country. If I flew to you, would you give me just an hour of your time where I could pick your brain? He immediately sent me a response back and said, you know what? Uh, no, I won't give you an hour of my time. It's not worth your flight, nor is it worth my scheduling for an hour of my time. If you want to block off a half a day, I'll be happy to meet with you. And I thought, oh, my goodness, I love this guy already. I love this guy already. And I've had a a number of uh, opportunities to interact with him and just a a great voice. But, yeah, not, not everything that is, when I say great Christian and great education, it's because you can find some Christian schools that are more school than Christian. Mm -hmm. Yeah, You can find some Christian schools that are more Christian than school. Right. Now, what if we could bring these two things together? Now, right. there's a novel thought. <laughs> <laughs> the okay. best in academic stretching, education, uh, building up students in an environment that embraces the foundation of biblical teaching, the kingdom of God. And uh, that, that really is, uh, for the end game, what, what's going to make a difference across the country. Is that something then that you would say to a school if they reached out to you for counsel? Uh, would would that be something you'd stress as a component you know, when people talk about curriculum or not really? Uh, yeah, well, yes and no. I mean, I think there's a degree to where we say, look, what has God called you to, uh, to, pl- to, to, to birth? Mm-hmm. But I would say the level to which the Herzog Foundation would engage with them or get behind them 
you know, is it good? Is it good Christian? And is it good school is yeah. going to be, you know, obviously a question. And so while any school, any Christian school that has Christian above the above the door is welcome to come to any of the conferences. The reason is because we're, we're the ones preparing the meal. Yes. We mm-hmm. know what they're eating. Uh, right, uh, and, right. and so anybody can come and eat and we hope that it strengthens you. And we hope that through this process, you know, maybe may very well be where the Holy spirit begins challenging you on what you're doing within your school and, and the opportunity that's thwarted. Uh, but in terms of, you know, emphasizing Christian, and school, that really is a focus for the foundation. Now, earlier you brought up very briefly homeschooling. And I was, you know, as I, as we looked at this over the last, well, several years, I've always, in the back of my mind, really my, my option was public school or homeschool. And then as we move forward, Mm -hmm. we started looking beyond that. But do you work with homeschooling groups or is it just a brick and mortar type setup? No, I'll, the the answer is we are more and more engaging. In fact, there are some there are some homeschool groups organizations uh, that do trainings mm-hmm. uh, for some of their leadership, and we're already in talks with them as to about hey, we have got this facility, and if you want to use it for your three day conference, we mm-hmm. we would welcome you to use Great. our resources for for what you're doing. We believe in what you're doing. Right. Uh, it's not for everybody. But mm-hmm. neither is a five-day-a-week school for everybody. Right, neither right. is, you know, uh, how can we support what you're doing and, and get behind that and make our resources available? But another thing we're looking at is how we can encourage, again, uh, churches specifically to be more homeschool-friendly for the families who choose homeschooling. Okay. Uh, what, how, can, how can we help provide support through local congregations? And oftentimes, it's the pastors just don't know where to start it's not a lack of of uh of uh, of interest mm-hmm. it's just not knowing how to begin or where to start and so again that's where we feel like if we can make those resources available to make it easier for for you know if a, if a church says hey we don't have a sunday school set up like what you're talking about we're, we're you know we're a church of a hundred people we don't have those kinds of resources no but if you can support the families and help give them a space where on a weekly basis through a homeschool co-op they can gather together and right. and uh, and glean best practices from each other that's a huge support for a family that's making the leap into homeschooling, mm-hmm. which I mean, which talk is, about oh without a net. <laughs> did, these, yeah. Boy, these big, yes. I mean, it's just coming to me louder and louder. These big church buildings, big and small, even mm-hmm. small right. church buildings with church basements right. and classrooms, they sit empty Absolutely. all week long. They're yeah. just right for this sort of thing. Yeah. Absolutely. And have a great opportunity to reinvigorate ministry uh, at this amazing time in American history. What a By great the privilege. Church. I just, yeah. it, the more I'm listening, it it's just what a privilege. That's, I, it I is love a privilege. It. And it is a privilege and, and really felt like, you know, it was the whole vision where I felt like uh, that God was for my wife and I um, opening a door that, you know, we, we were very comfortable uh, where we had been. I was the senior pastor. I had six associates. It was a great congregation, um, but really felt like God was opening a door here that was not going to be comfortable. It was right. making a leap of a different kind, right? Absolutely. Um, and, and as we talked and prayed and cried about, oh my gosh, 
do we do this? Really sensing that it's stepping into the unknown, but it's just right. And, uh, and, and, you know, the same thing that you guys were experiencing yes. mm-hmm. with, uh, you know, with uh, certainly, certainly with, with launching a, a nationwide podcast here, but, but with your own family and with your children, I mean, that's a precious commodity that God's entrusted you <laughs> with. And, and, and uh, so, yeah, God's doing a lot. He is. Sure, <laughs> Pastor, I, before we ask you to close with some prayer, if you don't sure. mind, I would love sure. to ask uh, you to let folks know if they're listening and they're interested in what the Herzog Foundation does. Maybe there's a school that's looking to you for uh, resources or has never heard of you before and would like to seek you out. What's the best way to reach out or get in touch? Absolutely. The website is terrific. Uh, www.herzog, H-E-R-Z-O-G, herzogfoundation.com is uh, where all things Herzog Foundation, we're, all, we're uh, involved right now in updating and refreshing and new bells and whistles with <laughs> technology for the, uh, for the website. But all of the trainings, all of the, uh, all of the resources that we make available and have available are, uh, are certainly listed uh, there at the, at the website. You know, what we didn't talk about, one of the things that was interesting was uh, not a lot, the, the ability to encourage those heroes in the trenches, the teachers right, across the, America, right. and right. the uh, and so you know the the morning routine podcast is really a three yes. to five minute daily devotional, just for the purpose of of bringing hope and inspiration and and a, a a word from the Lord for the day for those heroes that are working with our children across America, um, and so that's been, that's been encouraging and and. Uh, and people can and find that at the website as well. Is that right? Yes, right. There's a link that'll take you right there. In fact, we're just we're just uh, giving that. You know, we've been doing that for a year, and uh, it will take on. Uh, we can send a daily email to your to your email inbox with the with the daily link for the daily uh, daily devotional. That's awesome. Uh, and so, so that's a, that's a neat neat opportunity. That's your morning routine uh, podcast. That's uh, the uh, the readlion.com for uh, more just yeah. kind of reading resources. Um, right. You've been good enough to help us launch this podcast, which we've so enjoyed. So, <laughs> Pastor, um, now and president of the Herzog Foundation, Daryl Jones, with us. Um, could you close us out in a word of prayer? I would be honored to do that. And again, Chris and Christine, God bless you guys for what you're doing and the inspiration that you are to families all across the country. Thank you, sir. Uh, God's, God's using you in a bold way. Let me pray. Father, we thank you for the fact that you are still on the throne. You are still the king of the universe. You are the king of all kings and the Lord of our lords. And really, I find my peace and my confidence in the fact that you are still who you are and that you have a plan for each one of us. And as we seek in our little corner of the world to be faithful to you, to honor you, we pray, Lord, that above all, that your name would be glorified and that families and that children and that parents, their lives would be strengthened in you with a confidence that comes from simply following in obedience to all that you call us to do. Thank you for your plan that includes us. I thank you for Chris and Christine for the for certainly the fact that they have uh, launched into this new season of life. I pray your protection and your blessing on them. For other families across the country that are at this same pivotal moment, may you make your presence known to them, protect them and bless them for your glory, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, Pastor. Thank you.
Thank you, guys. God bless. God bless. God bless. Well, I think I would like to talk to him every day. Yeah, he's good, right? <laughs> he knows his way around a microphone. Well, and I, I'm really glad he brought up the podcast because I was actually going to bring that up as well. The one that you, you know, can go on the website and, and listen to it, and it really is just three to four minutes. Um, I know he spoke about that as a resource for educators, but as a parent, like you know, one that I listened to the other day that really. Um, just kind of landed well with me was one titled Be the Light. And I, you know, that's what so many of these teachers, whether you're, whether you're public school or not, I actually think if, if you are, I mean, goodness, if you are a public school teacher right now, I would definitely take a listen to the podcast because it is three to four minutes that would send you off into your day, I think, in a, in a fantastic way, just with your heart in the right place and your mind in the right place. But, um, you know, also if you're just a parent, homeschooling parents or a parent just at home, I, I need to remember (laughs) sometimes to be the light with our own kids just, just every day. So I'm, I'm so grateful that all these resources are right there. He didn't say it this way. And I, you know, I don't want to, again, I don't want to make it sound negative. Uh, I just, it's, I am struck that churches, and I'm very, very proud. I'll brag on our church for a minute. Um, our church is stepping in, quite literally this year and partnering with a Christian school to grow. And in fact, you're headed there after we I record am. this show for an open <laughs> house. For an open house, yep. And they've partnered with our church to open up uh, an elementary facility. Right, K through five. And they've been revamping the building, working on it and utilizing the space that would have sat empty. I think churches are going to have to be a part of the solution. They're going to have to step up the leaders of churches, the facilities of churches that have the room, the space, the financial infrastructure, I think they're going to have to step up too. You know, I really, when he spoke about that, it brought me back. Um, first of all, our, the church that we previously came from uh, back in Pennsylvania yep. was wonderful, I think, about doing this. They were utilizing the building in a way that yes. uh, not all buildings are being utilized. They had a preschool program running Monday through Friday. They were reaching various age groups. It wasn't an elementary school per se, but I also had some in-depth conversations with our pastor there when everybody was going to be remaining virtual for during COVID. She reached out and we talked for a while and we actually walked the building looking to see how could we bring in students who needed it. And it didn't, you know, for a variety of reasons, a lot of them logistical, it it didn't work. But I think pastors that have that foresight to think big, like he said, think broad, big picture, that is a way. There was so much space in that building as we walked it. I was tired because there really were so many places. And then you think about some of these mega churches. I mean, some people have built churches that are just giant and and they literally rent them out and use them for polling places or uh, conferences. They have bookstores. They have all these facilities right there that you could be pulling in at the very least homeschooling groups. And there's hunger for it. There's a desperate hunger for it. Well, I was, you know, I I spoke a little bit with you about a friend that is going to be starting up like a homeschool pod. And I I don't know what space she's using for that. I don't know if it's going to be in her, her own individual house or a garage, but places like that. I know my sister is a homeschool, you know, as part of a homeschooling group, they could be utilizing of that partnership. Um, And the other thing that I just, again, I think because my heart does lie with teaching um, when he was talking about the professional development piece of what Herzog does to bring these schools together, the school boards, the teachers, and give them these best practices. I mean, that's where I left off in teaching was 
working toward, I was actually kind of on the edge of starting to, you know, kind of dip my toe more into the professional development realm. And I think that's probably the avenue I would have gone at that time. But to, to hear that as building that community, because you, it is different. It is, you know, we're talking about science education or math education, and you're talking about a biblical worldview. That's, that's different as, you know, as you are bringing a school, you know, or forming a school, or you want to make sure you're up to par with where you need to be academically. Yeah. I just encourage people to reach out to their church leadership and have that conversation because it may take a few months, years, mm-hmm. uh, maybe just planting the seed. It's right. just, um, uh, it, it takes vision. It takes a church's shared vision with church leadership to do it. But um, that could really be an answer to prayer for people that want to do this, but just don't either have the resources or the funding or the facility or the support. Why not church? Absolutely. Why not church? Absolutely. One thing I would say to parents if they are, you know, as they're listening is to go onto that website and take a look at what is available there. There definitely it is geared towards schools and and educators, but the the parent piece that's on there uh, is a is a document that they've posted that you can just put your email in. It will get emailed to you. You can download it. But why choose Christian education? And it's a, you know, six six piece document there that I think if you are sitting there wondering, I don't know, what if, I always want to make sure that we try to direct people in ways to kind of direct their thinking and direct their hearts. Right. Or if people still think it's weird, they're not terribly comfortable with it and mm-hmm. they don't quite know how to define it or explain it or talk about it. This this site is a great resource. And it is. It's just some of the benefits, just things like joining it. You know, you are coming in to join a tight-knit community or if you're a school, you want to be creating that tight-knit community or, um, you know, the other idea of serving others. We, you know, at the school where our daughter is at, they just sent a team of teachers and students to the Dominican Republic. What an incredible way to serve. And each month they have opportunities to serve. So I would go in and, you know, if you're on the fence, if you're hesitating, if you want to provide a resource to someone who is considering that, I would go in and take a look at that as well, because I've, I've really found that website to be a real, a real, excellent tool to have in the toolbox of being a parent, being an educator. For sure. If um, you have any questions for us, uh, you can certainly reach out on our social media platforms now. We've got those up and running. Uh, you go to our face, so the Making the Leap podcast has its own Facebook page, yep. uh, our own Twitter account. Our own Instagram. <laughs> you can email us, right? Yes. Um, and I would... I've forgotten the email address. I know. That's all right. We'll look it up later. Uh, we can do it a little later, but uh, nonetheless, it's uh, and we probably can put it up on our Facebook page for that matter, yeah. or, t- or tweet share, it out. Yeah, share it out for people to see. Uh, nevertheless, uh, do get in touch with us that way. Uh, we always appreciate your comments. Your five star reviews and your written reviews are so helpful. It's Spotify, Apple, iTunes. Uh, as we read some reviews off the top of the show today, keep those coming. We love to share your thoughts and your reviews of this podcast, and maybe your concerns, struggles, prayers, whatever. We'd love to share them. Uh, here on the show. So until we join you again next week, thanks for listening. Thank you. Making the Leap is a podcast presentation courtesy of the Herzog Foundation. Please rate and comment on the show as well as subscribe so you never miss an episode. And we'll see you next time on Making the Leap.